This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to mum in minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com. Kia ora, I'm Georgina Campbell in for Damien Venuto. It's April 17th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. The government's controversial Three Waters reforms has a fresh new look. The policy to reform the country's storm, waste and drinking water networks will now be known as affordable water reform, with the proposed four entities expanded to ten. The government will be hoping the rebrand will right the ship of a contentious policy. But is a name change enough for this to finally wash with the public? And has this picture compromise watered down a necessary policy? Today on The Front Page, New Zealand Herald Deputy Political Editor and my fellow co-host of the On The Tiles podcast, Thomas Coughlin, joins us to break down the reimagining of Three Waters. Thomas, what are the key changes the government has made to Three Waters? What has changed is part of the policy that people didn't like, the four entities. They've split those four entities up, gone back to the drawing board. They've now created 10 entities, which are basically the same as the four entities, but just much smaller. And they respond more clearly to local areas, local boundaries that are from regional council boundaries, effectively. So there's much more local control and local input because you're not one tiny little council being merged in with dozens of other councils into a massive entity. You're now basically a regional council and having your water managed on a regional level rather than like an island-wide level, which was the case with the South Island. So what are the projected savings that households can expect to get from these changes? The reason Three Waters is happening is because councils uh, can't afford to do the water investment by themselves. It would cost too much. Up to $185 billion is needed over 30 years, although the actual amount of investment might be much smaller. So that could have left ratepayers with bills of $1,900 to $9,000 a year without reform. This new policy, the government thinks it will save ratepayers about $2,770 to $5,400 a year by 2054. They've got some modelling. That modelling has been peer-reviewed twice, and so they're pretty confident in those numbers. National's casting some aspersions on the numbers, but but is unable to kind of point to to where they are uh, specifically going wrong. Interestingly, this policy, which has now been called affordable water reform, is actually less affordable than the original policy that Labour wanted. The irony is that with those four mega entities, which are now gone, the massive cost savings and borrowing cost reductions that those four entities delivered meant that ratepayers would have saved even more money. But the government's decided it's far too toxic to progress with that. So they've ditched that policy and gone for a slightly less cost saving and less affordable version, which they've now called affordable water. When I became Prime Minister and appointed Kieran McAnulty as Minister for Local Government, I asked him to go back, reconsult with local communities to see if we could find a way forward that deals with the very pressing issues of our water infrastructure deficit, but delivers something that local communities can get behind. We've taken a lot of that feedback on board. The government will be establishing 10 regionally led local water entities. 
has the government sort of changed tactics a little bit because it seems that initially with Three Waters Reform they were talking about how much people's water bills could cost them without reform and now it sort of seems like they've decided it's better to talk about actually how much households will save. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, the original one, um, as the cost of living crisis has crept up, the government has sort of rebranded the policy as a cost of living policy because one of the reasons why the water has been making us sick, one of the reasons why our water infrastructure is so terrible is that councils have been shy of passing on the cost of water infrastructure to ratepayers and a bid to keep rates artificially low. Now, they will no longer be able to do that because water is going to be much more regulated, but that would mean that rates would go up because all of a sudden ratepayers will have to pay the full cost of having adequate water infrastructure. Ratepayers obviously don't want to do that, so the government is having to find inventive ways of making sure that those costs are kept low, but the investment is kept high. And that's sort of essentially what Free Waters is all about. We have, you're right, we have started from a health policy about water quality and water quality being bad because we have been too cheap to pay for it, to moving to the second part of it, which is we must pay for it. The third part of it, which is we don't want to pay for it, but we know that we must pay for it. And now that this final part of it, which is finding out the cheapest way to pay for it because we're in the cost of living crisis and paying for anything is undesirable. Okay, so Three Waters is dead, long live affordable water reform. But is this name change going to change the minds of those who have criticised the policy? And is anyone actually going to stop calling it Three Waters? Because affordable water reform, quite frankly, doesn't seem very catchy. No, I mean, nor does Three Waters. I mean, none of, nor does balance sheet separation. None of the words around this are, are catchy. I don't think anyone will stop calling it Three Waters. I think the name has stuck. It is what it's called. You can see at the press conference, actually, when people were calling it Three Waters and Affordable Water Reform, you could see Chris Hipkins sort of mischievously smiling as if he knew that it was a bit ridiculous to pretend that Three Waters was gone and this new thing was something completely different. I think everyone realises that the idea that you can just change a name and expect everyone to sort of move on is a wee bit ridiculous. Will it convince people? I mean, there's good evidence to suggest that a lot of people don't actually understand what Three Waters is about in the first place. I think people don't understand it, but think they don't like it. It is possible that the government, by refreshing it, has given itself a fresh opportunity to explain what it's all about. And certainly their explanation for why they're doing it is a pretty good one. You know, poor water quality has been hurting us. It's not good. No one likes to think that the water that comes out of their taps might be contaminated. And no one likes to think that rates are going up. So the government saying, we're going to keep your rates low and your water quality good, that might win over some people. But certainly I think they've mismanaged this reform process so utterly that I don't think they'll change many minds because I think many minds are made up. At the end of the day, the only serious change here is switching from four monstrous, unwieldy administrations to ten monstrous, unwieldy administrations. We are told this means every council will have a seat at the table, but despite the Prime Minister's insistence co-governance is long gone from Three Waters, it is not. Māori will still have unelected representation on these so-called regional representative groups, their job being to exercise, and I quote, strategic oversight and direction. One of the most unpopular parts of the reform, which is the co-governance aspect, hasn't been changed. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned co-governance because, of course, that is one of the most controversial aspects of Three Waters reforms. And I just want to recap what you said. This new model does remain unchanged in terms of the co-governance aspect. 
But then Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has denied this is co-governance, even though former local government minister Nanaya Mahuta clearly said this was co-governance last year. So, like, what's going on? You know, is the Prime Minister trying to gaslight us on this? I myself am wondering what was going through Chris Hipkins' head when he when he said that this was not co-governance and, and it was never co-governance. What I think he was trying to say is that there is no co-governance on the boards of these three waters entities. And he is correct that there has never been. The government has always been looking at aspects of co-governance in these reforms. It did not go so far as mandating that the boards of the entities would be 50-50 mana whenua and local government. What the government did land on and affirmed last year when it kicked the reforms to a working group, this is the third free waters policy we've had, it's been reformed twice now, is these regional representative groups, which are now called local representative groups, that sit above the board. Those are co-governed and they always have been co-governed. Nanaya Mahuta, the former local government minister, described them as co-governed boards. She described them as co-governed boards in the House, you know, where, where you have to be truthful. And on Thursday night, Tuku Morgan even described these as co-governed representative groups. So, so Chris Hipkins can say that the boards are not co-governed. They aren't. But the group that the boards are responsible to are co-governed. Exactly. If you're finding this episode of The Front Page interesting and informative, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio or whichever podcast app you're using right now. Every listen helps us keep you up to date with the stories that matter. Okay, I'm keen to look at some of the reaction to this affordable water reform announcement. How have the various mayors around the country responded to the changes? Well, I have to take my hat off to RNZ's Craig McCulloch on this one, who called around half of the mayors in the country on Thursday to take the temperature. The handful of mayors who were previously supportive now find themselves disappointed and believe the new, more devolved approach will be costlier than the previous plan. The changes that have been made are not in the best interest for the South Island. I don't think we get the same long-term affordability out of it. The changes from the government are basically politics ahead of good long-term policy decision-making. Today is unfortunately a backward step. Now, the Communities for Local Democracy group, which comprises just under half of all of the mayors in the country, most of them are still opposed to this reform. So I think 18 of them, as of Thursday, were still opposed to the reforms. Six were on the fence, and the rest couldn't be contacted. So, I mean, that's not bad, I suppose. <laughs> um, but certainly the mayors the are unhappy about the fact that they are losing control of their water uh, assets. So I can see why many of them would be unhappy. It is interesting that the government hasn't been able to sell the idea of low rates to mayors, given that that is what mayors love. But yes, I think the, the reaction has been less euphoric and emphatic than the government might have hoped for, but I think they're just fortunate on regardless of that. Okay, and what about National? Because National's been quick to come out against the move um, with their leader, Christopher Luxon, using some pretty strong words in his presser last week. This government has decided to change the name, change the website, but we're still stuck with three waters. It's a dumb policy, we're going to repeal it. And again, we changed the number from four and we end up with a number 10 and nothing else has changed. So uh, not a great start on three waters, I would have thought, for this government. Dumb policy is pretty straight up and down and, and not overly nuanced. Can you tell us what you mean? Well, I, I, yeah, as my mum and dad would say, it's like changing the, the label on a larder. you still got a larder. All this government has done is rebrand three waters. Three waters. 
why is National so opposed to this policy and is their proposal really any better? National's opposition to Three Waters is an interesting one. I, I'm aware of some in the party who sort of think in a different universe National could have come up with a similar policy. I don't think National would have ever done co-governance, but I do think National would have looked at the idea of maybe forming four large water entities, which is a very kind of potentially very National thing to do. But obviously this is a government policy and the opposition exists to oppose things, so National have found fault with it. And there certainly is a lot to oppose, particularly lack of local control and local voice. National continue to dislike it. National has its own policy of allowing councils to come to their own conclusions about whether or not they can maintain their water pipes. They suspect that many councils will come to the conclusion that they can't afford to maintain their water pipes and will voluntarily merge with other councils. Now, this is where things get quite difficult because you're dealing with two people saying things that are, are mutually exclusive. So National has said that it has talked to ratings agencies and the ratings agencies are satisfied that National's solution, which is to allow these councils to form their own kind of water entities, which councils would be able to roughly control, would achieve the kind of corporate structure that would allow them to borrow lots of money at very low cost to invest in the water infrastructure they need. So National's effectively saying that our policy will allow councils to do what Labour is proposing, but on a more voluntary basis. So you might find some councils, so the councils in the Hawke's Bay, councils in the Wellington region voluntarily pooling their assets and pooling their water service delivery to create water entities of their own. That's where the key difference would be. So, you know, you look at the Wellington region, Wellington Water, councils are still effectively in control of what is currently Wellington Water. They have a high degree of control over it. So the international financial markets, they look at an entity like Wellington Water, what National's proposing, they'd look at that and they'd say, you know what, I get it. You're calling this something new. But I can see that what Wellington Water effectively is, is the sum total of the water assets of the councils that own it. We're not actually going to let you borrow separately at lower rates than the councils are borrowing at. They're just pointing the finger at National and saying, well, look, you can't achieve that separation that we can achieve because you're letting councils have it both ways. You're letting councils try and have these new entities but still have control over them. And the financial markets, who are the key judges of all of this, they're going to look through that and say, we just don't believe you. So that's where the battle really is. Finally, Thomas, what does Labour need to do over the next few months before the election to sell this policy? And do you think the election will be a sort of referendum of sorts on the reforms formerly known as Three Waters? I think Labour needs to make sure that they can prove that Three Waters will save people money. This election will be a cost of living election because inflation is high and it's not going anywhere soon. I think they're going to have to find some way of explaining co-governance as something that should happen. It's no use pretending that co-governance doesn't exist. It clearly does exist. And Labour's going to need to find some way of telling voters why they shouldn't be afraid of co-governance and why they should maybe even support co-governance if they want to win the election. I do not think the election will be a referendum on Three Waters. I think it's a bigger issue than we often think, simply because it's become an issue of trust uh, and an issue of competence. And I think Labour, with the lack of transparency that it's sometimes shown around Three Waters issues, has fallen short of the standards that public expects on transparency and trust with regard to Three Waters. But I think as you get close to the election, I'm, I'm not really sure voters will care that much about uh, about water. I think they'll have much more pressing things to worry about. Yes, any more OCR hikes and inflation might be more front of mind for them potentially. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Thomas. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. Thanks for listening. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. 
The front page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Georgina Campbell. Subscribe to the front page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines. Listener.